0: This is the Rocky Mountain Review podcast. I am your co host, Gabe Peterson.
1: And I'm your other co host, Julia Badalice. This is the Rocky Mountain Review, the live news show that airs four to five Tuesday and Thursday on KCSU that is turned into a podcast. And this is what you missed this week. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Julia Badalese, one of two co-hosts. I am in here with Gabe Peterson, my co-host. Hi, Julia. Hello. We are also in here, hold on, with Miral Sharif. Hello. Um, She is a senator from um, ASCSU and, honestly, a bunch of different organizations, but we will be getting into that very soon. We have an interview with her coming up right after this. Um, We also have Seth Bodine in here. He's our field reporter. Hey there. Hello. I don't know why I said that like
0: that. Hello. (laughs) Hello. So we have a great show coming up for you guys today. Uh, We're going to have our interview with Miral. Miral. Yes. Got it. Okay. And then we're going to go into our local (laughs) segment. We're going to talk about the snow that happened in the past 24 hours. We have another Greeley incident that happened a couple days ago. We will talk about ice arrests in 2017. Uh, There's a national walkout planned for a very peculiar date this year. Um, (laughs) Trump, to support background checks for guns as well as Certain legislation he did today, uh, Pennsylvania, and their gerrymandering mm-hmm. <coughs> and the. Uh, Robert Mueller investigation.
1: Yep, and we also are going to have our regular segments, just like sports and music coming up later, um, as well as a roundtable discussion. We're going to be having um, Jim Rodenbush on from The Collegian. He'll be talking about um, it was the walkout day, as well as um, an, a- an anti-gun rally that happened in Florida. Um, and then, of course, everyone's favorite segment, weather. So, because um, no one can check their phones <laughs> um, from 4 to 5 on Tuesdays. Uh, <laughs> anyway, mural. Um, I'm going to get into this interview with you. So uh, you're a senator at ASCSU, but you're involved in a lot of different organizations. Can you list some of those and like what you do in them?
2: Hi. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I am currently the sitting power chair for this year for the ASCSU Senate. Um, I serve as a senator for the Women and Gender Sea Center. I vice chair the University Issues Committee. I am the Health Network Liaison for the Student Fee Review Board under ASCSU, um, I'm the Vice President for the multi faith and Belief Council, and I also sit on the President's Committee for Diversity and Inclusion.
1: This has nothing to do with the interview, but how do you have any time for that at all?
2: Um, I'm just really passionate about what I do and, and I figure out how to make time for it. So. That's awesome. That's, yeah,
1: seriously. Um, so, obviously, you work at um, ASCSU, um, and you just helped
2: create uh, a Women's Caucus for ASCSU. Do you mind telling your listeners what that is? Yes, indeed. Um, so, the Women's Caucus is um, my passion project of the minute, but I'll tell you a little bit about um, our mission and kind of the mission statement uh, that, the execu- er, that the executive and the judicial um, and legislative branch, kind of, we came together. I got all these powerful and influential women in there, these um, beautiful servant leaders, and we came up with kind of a consensus of, like, what? Our real mission statement is and that is um, to create an environment that fosters a sense of community and empowerment amongst women identifying servant leaders involved in all the different branches of ASCSU and really provide an opportunity for them to cultivate a confidence that they can use to traverse um, professional environments way beyond ASCSU. So that's, that's really what our big <laughs> mission is. It's really, for me, um, trying to create a safe space um, and a community-type environment for women to be able to enter and to be able to create political networks. And hopefully that will provide the groundwork for them to be able to have projects that come from all sorts of diverse interests that might not have come up uh, if we hadn't provided an environment that was conducive to that. And hopefully allow those political networks to create a groundwork for them to collaborate and really produce um, some legislation and, and give back to, to their campus and, and in a way that um, they could only do with their potential. So we're really here just to empower them and, and give them the confidence and the space to do it. Sick.
1: Um, and um, like working in the Women and Gender Advocacy Center, like how have those experiences really contributed to like, your desire to make the Women's Caucus?
2: Um, so I absolutely love the Women and Gender Advocacy Center. I uh, actually have a very unique seat in Senate. So we have our senators that represent uh, from their college councils, so the College of Business or the College of Natural Science, and uh, each of those senators represent 750 um, constituents or students from that college. But uh, the seat for WJC or for the Pride Center or for the back office, they represent all 33,198 members of our RAM family. Those are all my constituents so that is really um the responsibility that I have as um a senator that represents student diversity so that's that's where I where I kind of sit in senate
1: <laughs> my, my, my question was like, how did your experiences with uh, women and gender, with the Women and Gender Advocacy Center and other um, organizations like that, how that has that really contributed to the creation of the Women's Caucus?
2: So I actually <laughs> learned about in the Women and Gender Advocacy Center um, being able to uh, look at the framework that they've already built in the Feminist Thought and Activism Conference that's happening in March, um, and emma Casier is going to be there. I'm, I'm a huge fan girl, emma, I know you're not listening but like I totally love you. Um, <laughs> She's an amazing woman. But uh, it's really just being able to look at their framework and what they've been able to do and create a conference that empowers women and bringing that into the space of student government because I've been able to see that um, that the WGAC really does a lot of work that is both proactive and educational, Mm -hmm. and my goal with the Women's Caucus is really not to create any sort of division, any sort of, you know, uh, we're trying to create, you know, uh, a powerful women, a club of powerful women, but also we're trying to empower the body as much as possible so that we can come together and get done what we need to get done. And part of that is providing education um, within the caucus and also to the entire body um, and and to our male senators and and creating an environment that is conducive to to creating an equal footing so that every woman in that body feels like they can speak and have have their input be heard and and in that way be able to to speak out about the things that they're passionate about and the change they want to see on campus and, and have the platform to do it.
1: It's awesome. Um, you also have two upcoming provisional meetings on the 26th and 27th of this month. Um, I think it's about the Women's Caucus. Uh, what can we like expect from those meetings?
2: So those meetings really serve the purpose of getting everybody in one space, uh, introducing the fact that I've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, um, but how do we get everyone in one space, say this is an environment for you, we're creating this safe space for you to come to be able to voice any um, concerns that you have, voice experiences that you've had, and really have all sorts of different input in there allow a community to find each other, Mm -hmm. um, and create that space to where, um, initially in our provisional meetings next week um monday and tuesday at noon ascsu office in the conference room Mm -hmm. um but those meetings would really be uh, more for selfish reasons for me so that i can get the input of what people want to see what do they want to take away from this what are they looking for from this community how can i uh take their input that they're giving me of you know what are some of the issues that you want to workshop who are some of the speakers of inspirational women on campus who work in male-dominated fields and and really excel despite all the cards stacked against them, who are those women that we want to hear from? How do we, you know, what kind of stories do we want to hear? Um, What connections do we feel like um, need bridges and how can we build those? So how um, those two provisional meetings are really how can I get all those people in that room and to get all that input so that I can go back and try to create programming and workshops and and create an agenda and a lineup of of, uh, activity for the caucus that will be received and also will be serving the needs that my constituents and that my fellow colleagues and my senators have brought forth.
0: Are those meetings just strictly for ASCSU members, or is it for the campus as a whole?
2: So at the minute, those those meetings are for ASCSU members. However, um, I am the vice chair of University Issues Committee, so anybody who has any idea about how they want to change anything on campus, uh, our committee meets on Thursdays at 10 a.m. in the ASCSU office in the conference room, and that is a space that is open to every single member of our RAM family to come on and bring their ideas. And a big part of the creation of this caucus is to encourage um, um, Women-identifying people to come forth and get involved, and so I wanted to be public about speaking in, about this caucus to encourage um, women who I know who have a passion for maybe using their voice but don't have the platform to do it to come and get involved in servant leadership and get involved in student government and get involved in student orgs. So anybody who wants to come talk to me, my office is in the LSC across from <laughs> Intermissions Coffee, um, and we would love to get you involved. So
1: awesome. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with?
2: Um, Really, as your senator, I'm a resource for you, um, and I can only do my job if people give me their input, my constituents, so every time I have interactions with my constituents and I understand their needs, it makes my job as a senator in trying to make my input representative all the more um, comprehensive, so really just come talk to me, I'm here for you, Um, and servant leadership is what I'm passionate about, so...
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Miral.
2: Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway,
1: we will be coming back here in just a second with local news as well as sports. Um, stay tuned. You are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Every song I download has to pass a series of rigorous tests to answer one simple question. Is it a banger? How many beats per minute? How many drops? How dope are the drops? Were any acoustic instruments used? If so, it is not a banger. I once accidentally downloaded a Lumineer song. I had to throw away my whole computer just to be safe.
3: KCSU. <laughs>
1: And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. Um, We are going to go into local news right now, and then we got sports coming up in about five minutes. Um, I guess I'm actually starting local news and going to be doing most of local news. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as you have probably already noticed, it has been a snowy last couple of days, which was a strange change from Monday's sunny and 60 degrees. What you can hear in common from everyone, uh, though... There are the complaints about the snow on the roads. Sliding and slipping through stop signs and intersections were most people's problems last night. And while nationwide deaths due to traffic issues have gone down, Colorado is at an all-time high since 2004, reports the Denver Post. With snow coming in and roads getting slippery, it calls for even more caution on the roads. The Colorado State Trooper Sean Dean told KKTV in Colorado Springs that people need to pay more attention while driving and are following too closely on the road waves. Road, road waves? Road waves. <laughs> I didn't know we were riding r- road yeah. waves now. <laughs> it is
4: truly a tragedy that we don't have a snow day today. Really? It's,
1: I really disagree. Right. I don't think it's that bad. It's cold, it, it's, but like we can handle it.
4: Right. It would have been fun though. But no school. I know. <laughs> but, uh,
0: no school. And it would have been like two years cool. to the day
4: of last year.
1: <laughs> You're just like mad that I'm disagreeing with you right now, aren't you? <laughs> little no bit. comment. No <laughs> comment. <laughs> Alright, and then in the early mornings, uh, morning hours of Sunday, February 19th, uh, Greeley police responded to a call from the wife of a home- homeowner who was holding an intruder at gunpoint according to Tom, uh, Tommy Simmons of the Greeley Tribune. The intruder is suspected of attempted burglary. When law enforcement arrived on the scene, they discovered the suspect to have a gunshot wound to the chest. The incident remains under investigation, and the wo- wounded suspect was transported from the scene to a northern colorado medical center where he remains in intensive care after surgery and is expected to survive according to nine news and i'm going to send it over to bjorn
5: yeah colorado has seen a 20 percent increase in immigrations and customs arrests since last year but according to danica worthington of the denver post denver remains relatively low compared to other regions across the country the denver region which includes colorado and wyoming made 2746 ice arrests in 2017 which put it 20th out of the country's 24 regions, according to Worthington. A Pew Research report that came out earlier this month states that there were 143,470 ice arrests in 2017, with the Dallas region of Texas and Oklahoma totaling the most arrests, with 16,520 reports, Worthington. The rise of arrests in the past few years is still half of the arrests that took place in 2009 under the Obama administration, when 297, 897 immigrants were arrested, according to the Pew Research Center and Danica Worthington of the Denver Post. Thanks, Seth. Yeah. Why don't you uh, hop it right
0: into... God, I was looking at (laughs) Seth. Gosh. I'm sorry, Bjorn. You're welcome. How about we uh, just send it
5: right into sports? Sounds good. In its last stop before the Mountain West Championships, Colorado State track and field tuned up at the Air Force Open at the USAF Academy in Colorado Springs this past Friday. In the men's 60 meters, Elias Sutton led the Rams with a time of 6.99 seconds. Sutton's time earned him an overall 4th place finish. In the women's 60 meters, London Evans led all collegiate runners with a time of 7.88 seconds. Evans' time earned her the second place in the event. The Rams also secured the top two collegiate times in the women's 200 meters. The next stop for the team is the Mountain West Championships in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they will try and repeat as Mountain West champions. The Mountain West Championships will take place from February 22nd through the 24th. The Colorado State softball team is off to a flying start this year. The team had another strong showing this past weekend in Tucson, Arizona to extend their record to 7-1. and The team's only loss was against number 12 ranked Arizona. This past weekend, the Rams defeated both Bryant University and University of Troy. Against Arizona, the Rams bats went cold and they struck out 12 times. The ladies will get an A week off of rest as they host the University of Northern Colorado in their home opener on February 27th. The Colorado State women's swimming and diving team traveled to San Antonio, Texas to compete in the Mountain West Swimming and Diving Tournament from February 14th through the 17th. The team finished fifth in the meet to match their best placement under head coach Woody Woodward. The weekend was filled with broken records for the Rams as junior Haley Rowley shined in the 400 IM with a time of 4:10.67, 67, breaking the CSU record for the second time in one day, having already broken the record in a preliminary round earlier. Rowley was joined by her teammate junior Tonica Thompson as the top performing Ram of the weekend. Thompson placed second in the 100 backstroke after finishing in the first seed during the preliminary rounds. After all the record breaking for the Rams, the weekend did not end up the way they had hoped. Despite the big day on Friday, CSU finished off the week in fifth place, collecting 709 points over the three-day competition. And that wraps up your sports for this Tuesday.
1: Listen, I know that I don't keep up with sports, but I actually did know the stuff that happened about swimming and dive. Because we came in fifth, didn't we? I like, yeah. you're like, cool. That's, <laughs> thanks for letting me know.
5: <laughs> no, it's cool. It's a, kind of a niche sport. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, It's yeah. cool that they have a following. I know. Um, anyway, we're, that's going to wrap up local news as well as sports. We're going to come back here in just a second with national news as well as our music segment done by uh, our, actually our national news correspondent, J.D. Layton.
0: Who lives here but is not here.
1: He, <laughs> There's a flaw in, in that statement though. Uh, <laughs> I know. He's a liar. Anyway, we'll be coming back here in just a second. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.
4: Clubs, you're listening to 90.5 kcsufm nobody exists on purpose nobody belongs anywhere everybody's gonna die so make sure to tune in every tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m for Swifty beats with your host dj wubba lubba dub dub where we only play the swiftiest
1: tunes across the multiverse spectrum as they say in canada peace out And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am Julia Badalese, one of two co-hosts. I'm in here with my co-host, Gabe Peterson. Hello. Hello. Um, and we have Seth Bodine, our field reporter, in here today. Hey there. Why aren't you in the field? I,
4: he will be tomorrow. I'm in the studio.
1: <laughs> Actually, you will be tomorrow. I will,
4: yeah. Um,
1: just a heads up, we will be having Seth Bodine uh, be... He's going to be interviewing... Uh, it's Martha Cohen, I believe. Yeah. Um, she's a basically an amazing woman who is a, we were talking about it earlier, she's a Holocaust survivor and a spy. Spied Spied on some Nazis. Spied on some Nazis. She will be here
0: tomorrow to give her speech? Tomorrow night. Yeah, and Seth's
1: going to that to interview her, so I'm excited. So stay tuned for the Rocky Mountain Review in general because Hmm. that'll be coming up soon, and I can't wait for that (laughs) pre-record. We have national and global news that we're going to be going into first. Um, I believe I'm sending it over to Seth.
4: Yes, Seth, take it away. In the wake of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, now the deadliest school shooting in U.S. history, students are rallying together to push for changes in gun legislation. Students, like Emma Douglas, have turned to social media and traditional media to call for school walkouts and marches, stating, quote, never again, reports Sarah Gray of Time. The first event is planned for March 14th and is co-planned with the Women's March to protest inaction of lawmakers for gun reform. According to USA Today, the Facebook page stated, quote, We are the students, we are the victims, we are change. Fight gun violence now. High school students across the USA, the way to fight back is here. There There has been too much complacency on the part of politicians when it comes to gun violence the time to act is now. The event, the event beckons students and teachers to peacefully walk out at 10 in the morning for 17 minutes, one minute for each of the lives lost. An additional event is being planned for the 19th anniversary of the Columbine shooting on April 20th. Students will walk out at 10 a.m. and not return to class. The protests are meant to showcase to lawmakers that students are calling for safer schools, free of gun violence, and that even though they are not able to vote, their voice will be still be heard. Women's March Executive Advisor Kim Russell said the sh- about the shootings, quote, Thoughts and prayers are not enough. The school shootings just keep happening and happening. There's no escaping it. Congress needs to hear from us.
0: That will also Pretty be powerful. the subject of our roundtable discussion later on with Jim, as well as um, just kind of lawmakers and what their uh, next step mm-hmm. is. Um, we had... Uh, Trump signed something today that we'll talk about during roundtable, yep. so um, stuff is kind of getting done.
1: Stay tuned for th- th- more of the news. <laughs> more of the, news, more more of the news. news.
0: Anyways, Julia, why don't you take it away with the next story?
1: Yep. Uh, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said in a statement Monday the president is open to a discussion strengthening uh, background checks for those wishing to purchase a firearm. Sanders said President Donald Trump is open towards improving the federal background checks for prospective gun buyers and met with Senator John Cornyn of Texas to discuss legislation on Friday, reports Katie Rogers of The New York Times. The White House has not gone so far as to support any new legislation, but talks on background checks would be a departure from the previous Previous narrative from uh, from Trump, which focused on mental health. Other Republicans, including Florida Governor Rick Scott and Ohio Governor John Kasich, have expect, expressed expressed will, willingness to discuss some minor changes to gun laws. This push for gun legislation comes in response to anger from sub- survivors of the school shooting at Mordree Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida last week. But experts in law enforcement say that the discussed legislation would not have prevented the shooting last week. Nicholas Cruz, the shooter, did not have a criminal record and purchased at least seven guns legally, including an AK-47 purchased last month. And I am going to send it back over to Seth.
4: The Pennsylvania State Supreme Court approved a new congressional district map on Monday to undo what was once considered one of the most gerrymandered district maps in the United States, Reported reports the Associated Press. For those who don't know what gerrymandering is, it's when the drawing of district lines within a state can help a party gain votes, which is which in Pennsylvania was said to help Republicans. The new map is expected to greatly improve the prospects of Democrats, however, in the United States House of Representatives' races this year. Republicans are expected to challenge the new map in the United States Supreme Court, arguing that it is the job of the governor or the legislature to draw congressional districts, not the court. The redrawing of Pennsylvania's 18 congressional districts came after the state Supreme Court ruled 4-3 in favor of a lawsuit last June by registered Democratic voters, and the League of Women Voters. This is the first time a a state Supreme Court has ruled to redraw congressional districts after a partisan lawsuit. Candidates who wish to run for the House of Representatives in their new districts must file the paperwork by February 27th. The Pennsylvania primaries will be held on May 15th.
1: That was I was really interesting because I feel like that, that's that been a problem for a little while. Right. Um, so it was uh, cool to see some tra- change, I guess. Uh, anyway, yeah. we're going to throw it over to Gabe for the last national slash global story.
0: Thank you, Julia. On Friday, Special Counsel Robert Mueller indicted 13 Russian nationals and three Russian entities for allegedly meddling in the 2016 presidential election, charging them with conspiracy to defraud the United States, the Department of Justice announced. Mary Ilyushina Emma Burroughs, and Hillary Clark of CNN reported that yesterday the Russian government denied any involvement in the 2016 presidential election while answering a question on a weekly telephone conference call with CNN. The spokesman for the Russian president Vladimir Putin, the spokesman Dmitry Peskov said the indictments proved no substantial evidence of Russian meddling and that there were no quote no indications that the Russian state could have been could have been involved. <clears throat> Sorry. According to the CNN article, however, the Daily Beast reports Alex van der Zwan, a London attorney and son-in-law of a Russian oligarch, pleaded guilty to Special Counsel Robert Mueller's indictment, charging him with lying to federal investigators about his interactions with Rick Gates, a former Trump campaign aide. This indictment is the first to be brought against Russian nationals in Mueller's investigation.
1: Oh my God. How mm. many times have we talked about the Russians? Tons. Two years. <laughs> so three messy. years. <laughs> Since the Cold War. Yeah, (laughs) since the 40s. (laughs) All right. Well, that is going to wrap up national and global news. We're going to go into our Rocky Mountain music segment, done by our own JD Layton slash DJ Mirror, because I think he goes by both, actually, in it. Um, But we will be going into that right now. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins.
6: Hey, I'm DJ Mirror, and this this is Raven Linay. We're to start with Raven Linnae, a 19-year-old from Chicago, having a Crush EP being produced by Steve Lacey, the man behind Kendrick Lamar's iconic beat in Pride. This combination of an up-and-coming R&B artist and a man known for his unconventional funk riffs breeds a delightfully original and at times incredibly infectious EP, as is evident in Crush's single, Sticky. Conventional moments, Crush thrives on the staples of funk, from the twang of soulful bass to Lene's emotional backup of vocals and chorus. raven Linnae's crush showcases the R&B Upstart's capacity to build an enticing journey through love. A way that doesn't break the genre's conventions, but instead approaches them from a more abstract angle, creating a five-track EP that leaves you anxiously wanting more. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm JD Leighton. Hope, hope to see you
4: soon. Um, it's really cold down here in London, so.
1: And thank you to J.D. Layton for doing that um, music segment for us. Um, we are going to be back in just a second with our roundtable discussion. We have Jim Rodenbush in the in the uh, booth. He doesn't have his headphones, and he's nowhere near a mic, but he's smiling, and he's very excited. Uh, <laughs> oh, he is near a mic now, and I'll put your mic on. I just assumed you weren't going to talk, but... hello Hello. thanks for having me (laughs) we're excited to have you um we are going to come back in just a second with uh to talk about the uh, student walkout day days uh, i guess and uh also the uh, anti-gun rally that happened in florida um stay tuned you're listening to the rocky mountain review only here on 90.5 kcsu fort collins
0: KCSU, supported by Washingtons and Fort Collins, now open this month. Upcoming shows include Carl Denson's Tiny Universe on February 16th and Blitzen Trapper on March 1st. Tickets and info can be found at washingtonsfoco.com.
1: With audio coming from globalnews.ca, these chants could be heard at an anti gun rally in Florida this past weekend. After the shooting that claimed 17 lives at a Florida high school, it's no surprise to anyone that an anti gun rally popped up over the weekend. Emma Gonzalez, a student from the school, spoke for about 10 minutes, sparking chants to break out in the crowd. She shamed the politicians that profit from NRA's push for rifles and shouted into the crowd with anger and occasional tears. She prompted action from Trump yelling louder as she showed her disdain for the lack of action by the federal government. This audio also comes from globalnews.ca.
2: If the president wants to come up to me and tell me to my face that it was a terrible tragedy and how it should never have happened and maintain telling us how nothing is going to be done about it, I'm going to happily ask him how much money he received from the National Rifle Association. It doesn't matter because I already know. $30 million! victims in the United States in the one and one half months in 2018 alone, that comes out to being $5,800. Is that how much these people are worth to you, Trump? If you don't do anything to prevent this from coming, from continuing to occur, that number of gunshot victims will go up and the number that they are worth will go down.
1: Trump has meetings this week with students from the high school, as well as local officials, and appears to be leaning towards stricter gun laws. Nothing yet is confirmed, however, and we will see if this prompts any action. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. Um, That was just a little synopsis of what happened if you had not been paying attention to the anti-gun rally in Florida. Um, We're going to get into our roundtable discussion on the uh, anti-gun rally as well as um, just the student walkout days um, that are ahead. Yeah, Um, and we're
0: joined in studio with Seth Bodine, our field reporter. Hi, and Jim Rodenbush is making a special appearance. How are, how are you, Jim? <laughs> Fantastic. God, I can't my voice today. I'm sorry.
1: Um. Anyway, yeah. So, what were your thoughts from that speech? Um, I don't know if you guys listened to the entire thing through. I think I listened to most of it. Um, what what were your thoughts, Gabe?
0: Um, I mean, just like having my own personal experiences with a school shooting, like things like do have to get done for sure. Um. I mean, how do you know how old that? Uh, 18. 18. Mm-hmm. I mean, it She's takes senior. a lot of courage for an 18-year-old to get up in front of national TV, CNN, Fox, every media outlet being there. I mean, it takes a lot of courage. Um, I think things definitely have to get done. Um, it's a lot harder than just saying certain things. Things have to get pushed and get done. Um, if people take the initiative like this young lady did, then, you know, things can and will get done.
1: Hmm. What do you think, Jim? Well, what you
3: have going on here is um, something different. I mean, you—you, you, the story has played itself out over and over again, with the, the various school shootings across the country, but this is really the first time that a, that a group of survivors from that school mm. have put themselves to to the forefront of the story to talk about their reactions and their emotions and their own call for action, and so. You know, when these things happen over and over over, over again, you, you, you say to yourself, OK, what's the turning point or when does this start to stop? Mm-hmm. And I think with this, this really jumps out as like, OK, well, this is a different response than what normally happens. Yeah. And so you think that maybe this is the the change that's necessary to
1: turn this around. That's kind of what I was thinking today, actually. I was like, I wonder if this is going to be that thing in the textbook where they're like, this was the point where... You know, things changed in the U.S. Hmm. What do you think, Seth?
4: Yeah. um, Every time a shooting, like a mass shooting like this happens, um, it brings this conversation to the forefront. Um, Like Jim was saying, I think that what differentiates this um, from others is that it's not – I mean, it's in discussion, but hopefully – it won't go back down once other news mm-hmm. out Um out of the said, spotlight. Uh, first of all, great job putting that
0: piece together. It was really well done. Um, at the end, you said, like, nothing. We'll see, like, what's being done. I mean, today mm-hmm. Trump signed that um, uh, memorandum just kind of trying to ban bump stocks all across the nation. And then uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said that they're still trying to discuss raging, er, raising the age limit for um, buying weapons, like, especially like AR-15s, maybe mm-hmm. even banning AR-15s. So mm-hmm. I think it has kind of started like a national conversation. And I think it it's definitely like, you know, Jim, I, I totally agree. This is like the first time this has been such a huge, I mean, it's always been a huge discussion, like Vegas, all that kind of stuff. But now we have kids kind of our age kind of coming to the forefront and saying, we want change, we need change. And it kind of starts with, you know, being able to be 18 and vote and, you know, talk to your congressmen and yeah. senators. I think that's, that's the only way it does change is if, you know, the next generation takes that step.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And one thing that that Seth referred to that is um, a concern when you see something like this is that you know the news cycle um, in general today is so fast. You know, a story becomes a thing on a Tuesday, and by Wednesday or Thursday, we're on to something else. Mm-hmm. And so the hope here is that this doesn't lose momentum, because just in the world we live in, it very well could. Mm-hmm. And so you, you hope that these, uh, these kids um, have the energy to sustain this, and you hope that uh, they get some help along the way, if not from other students, other adults, uh, you know, congressmen, politicians, mm-hmm. because it's, yeah, it's very easy to, for a story to get lost in the way that, that things are today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And some of those students say that um, I got this from USA Today. Some of the students say that um, support that they support um, a ban on military style assault weapons, um, such as like the AR-15, which was used in the shooting. Um, And then there was what was it? State Senator Bill Galvano um, said he will introduce legislation to raise the legal age for uh, for possessing an assault rifle to 21, but not ban them altogether. Um, Do you think that's far enough? I think that, I don't know. that's like I feel like everyone's question is like.
0: I mean, we we kind of had this conversation earlier in our office with Max. Doesn't really work here, but he's here all the time. <laughs> but um, we kind of just talked about you know like specifically like AR-15s. Do we need them? Um, I think he kind of talked about handguns and how handguns are specifically made for killing people, kind of a thing. When AR-15s are more of a rifle, so I think it's just more of a whole gun conversation than it is necessarily getting rid of bump stocks, getting rid of AR-15s, and all that. I mean, there has to be you know, a certain way that we have to figure out how you can buy a gun, where you can buy a gun, and what kind of gun you can buy.
2: Hmm.
4: Yeah, it, it gets messy because how how are we gonna tell people that they, uh, that because it's their constitutional right to have bare arms, so if they want an AR-15, well, they have the constitutional right to I think the better question is how can we do a better job at limiting um, gun access to people who shouldn't have them.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I think we can all agree that being 18 and being like being able to buy an AK-47 or an AR-15, you know, I I think we can all kind of agree that that's pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, if we can't even vote or drink until 21 and then vote at 18, pretty hard to be able to have a gun. So I think if we raise it, I don't know, maybe to I don't want to be a play politician here but I think we all have we can all agree that that's kind of a ridiculous thing but um I think you know Jim like you said I hope that these kids do maintain the energy and do maintain the um the momentum that they kind of have going forward
3: I mean full disclosure here I've I've made a single visit to a shooting range in my life and beyond that I have not owned a gun or been in a house where a gun has you know has been so it's difficult you know i'm that's the perspective that i'm speaking from but i've also been you know a journalist my entire life and the the power that the first amendment provides is a big thing and so kind of going off what you said there's a certain amount of respect that you you have to have for the second amendment and for the people who this is their life this is what they do but like the, the but being a huge thing here I, it's hard for me to just in general so it's hard for me to get in specifics about you should ban this not ban this whatever it just seems like it it's pretty simple that let's make the steps to make sure that children aren't murdered anymore yeah, i absolutely. mean that seems mm-hmm. pretty do you think common that,
0: sense do you think that this wouldn't be such a hot topic discussion if it was amendment 14 or 13 or 12 as opposed to like being a, the second amendment in the constitution Because they obviously, the framers obviously had a pretty certain intent to say that you are able to have a firearm in the United States of America.
1: I don't. I feel like it wouldn't. I don't know. I I I mean, I battle with
0: that like sometimes.
1: I I see what you are saying with it being like the the second one that you would read, but I don't. I don't know if it would you know change its importance. I think it would still you know feel the same.
4: Yeah, I think that most people. Hold constitutional rights uh, equally, or mm-hmm. some more importantly than others. But I don't know if order matters. Yeah,
0: hmm.
3: probably. Um, back when that was happening, it ga- gained its importance because we were
0: at war at
3: war <clears throat> with yeah. with another country. Yeah. But and I think it's probably, you know, this, the Second Amendment is a very real thing and a very real talking point. But it probably has a lot to do with a very rich. Uh, And by rich, I mean lots of money on national organization that's well organized with a lot of and very in charge and very in command of its narrative. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the reason this is a thing is because those who see their way of life or their livelihood threatened by bans on guns and control control on guns are very loud Mm -hmm. in in opposition of things.
1: Oh, I also just wanted to tell our listeners, if you want to call our text in and get involved in this conversation, that number is going to be 970-491-5278. Let us know what your thoughts are. Once again, it's 970-491-KCSU.
0: I mean, what what are your thoughts of Trump an hour and a half ago signing to try to ban all bump stocks? I mean, is that the step in the right direction or is that just kind of um, a good look PR kind of standpoint for him?
2: Hmm.
1: I, I didn't even think of it from like a PR standpoint, but um, I probably should considering I'm in PR. But um, <laughs> but it. I. I don't know. I mean, I. No matter if it is just a PR stunt, I would be very happy. I mean, not it's, like
0: a stunt, but just. Yeah,
1: know I know what you mean. Like a just a PR move in general. A um,
0: nonpartisan move, maybe kind of a thing.
1: Hmm. Um. I mean, I think it is. It's you know, it's what the high school students are from from Florida are fighting for, and I think that that's definitely the general direction we should be heading in, um if we haven't been seeing any change um, you know, in what's been happening in these shootings. So I would I would say that it is definitely a step in the right direction.
4: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a step that I mean a step is a step. It yeah. could <laughs> um be, closer. it could uh, it could yeah, it, it could create some change. I don't know how much change um but then again, like to be determined right
3: yeah, yeah. and determined. again you you concern yourself um with the news cycle yeah. when it comes to this story, you know in terms of in terms of the president's motivation, i don't I'm gonna go along with what I've heard other people say in so many ways is that it's hard to really predict a pattern of behavior on his part with many mm. decisions, so yeah, to true. say you know to to guess that would be would would be a hard thing to yeah. do. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but in general, looking at it on the surface, I would say a step in the right direction. The concern is that hopefully it's not the only step to yeah. be like, you know, here's this thing that happened. Here was this outrage. And, hey, look at this great thing I did. Don't say
0: I ever didn't help yeah, you. Let's yeah,
3: let's move yeah. on to something else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a concern right. with
4: that. No,
2: For definitely. sure.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah, I think a fear is like as soon as it goes out of the news cycle, it'll just go. The decisions will be stop being made again yeah. um, until the next. But... I don't know because um, the court proce- as the pro- uh, the court procedures um, begin and the uh, protesters also in the coming months in March mm-hmm. and April uh, it it might still be in conversation.
2: Yeah,
0: are, are we are we because the second part of this roundtable is supposed to be kind of about the walkout. Mm-hmm. Um, are we kind of like in support of the walkout? I mean, are they doing it on April twentieth? Uh, the the high school down in Florida?
1: Um, this one, that one is specifically for Columbine, actually.
0: Yeah, because I know that they do that like every year since it's happened, but I didn't know that they, they were
4: happening on the same day.
1: Um, w- what's your question? The
4: like, first event is March 14th. That's the okay. one in yeah. Florida. Yeah, there are two separate okay. events. Okay, okay. Yeah. so that's kind of what I was asking. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in support of that. 17 minutes of just kind of walking out of class. I think that that's a great uh, solidarity move of teacher, faculty, students. I think that that's a great way um, to, Try and um, m- like memorialize the uh, the victims, but um, yeah. So I just kind of asked around the room, like, how do we feel about the walkout?
1: The the seventeen minute one, I think, is definitely um, definitely a good idea. I like I like the fact that there is like a thought behind it of the the seventeen minutes supposed to be representing the seventeen victims. Um, when I read that earlier, I was I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's nice that it it has like a symbolism behind it. Um,
4: yeah I think one way to keep this conversation going could be um a large amount of support um just like the um women's March brought a bunch mm. of attention around the world um it might depend on scale.
3: It's
0: true,
4: yeah yeah
3: yeah it's hard not to not to see this as a as a positive thing for a group of students i mean that is. You think about if you're trying to, to deliver a message, then okay, what power do you have? And in this case you have a power in, in volume to, to to let people know what's going on. And so again, I go back to the whole journalist in me thing, absolutely, let's protest. Let's <laughs> you know, let's 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 disrupt as as much as we can disrupt in order to get the message across. So bravo to, to every single one of them who participates.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I also had a question for the um, the walkout that's specifically for Columbine is um, 420 do you think that there is a reason behind picking it and if so do you well, think it it's... happened
0: on 420 it did
1: it really yeah, yeah. yeah oh, it's, wow. that's the
0: anniversary oh yeah. i didn't know that yeah
1: yeah oh wow no, yeah
0: it's okay i had no, a whole I mean, like
1: fancy question prepared
0: i mean yeah i mean obviously 420 is celebrated here in colorado people celebrate in different ways. People celebrate it in different ways but yeah yeah that's that's the anniversary oh, of it oh wow i didn't know that i should have known
3: that <laughs> but i mean that's an important thing for an important distinction with Columbine, because I mean that was the first. So that this was the is, first. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those like if this is, if this if this is in fact a, a turning point in this discussion, then by by Columbine um, taking part in this demonstration or holding their own separate demonstration, you kind of bring the whole topic, of the conversation, full circle. Yeah, you know, like this is where this first became a thing. We were seeing this shift in, in attitudes and approach after one of these shootings, and now we recognize the fact that this. This issue and this topic has a very long history, and this yeah. is where it began. I think that's very appropriate.
0: I mean, the combine shooters were in there for, what, hours, yeah. an hour? And th- they came within five minutes of this past shooting. So um, I we, guess steps, yeah.
1: We also had a text in uh, just now. They said, um, why would any civilian even need to own a semi-automatic automatic weapon? Is there anyone on the show right now that wants to defend that? I just haven't heard a specific defense for that yet, and I really don't know how anyone justifies it.
0: That's- i mean the the like my my uncle's a police officer he has an ar-15 i guess he just kind of keeps it as protection in his house me personally i don't think i would ever need an ar-15 Um that's why i kind of think the banning the bump stocks and changing the ar-15 law would be a good thing but um i mean i kind of agree i don't think that there's necessarily any need for that but i don't know i mean it's like like we were talking about earlier you know handguns are just as dangerous and deadly as any mm-hmm. other guns. So, I mean, yeah. it just kind of gets into the whole conversation of, you know, just the whole gun thing as a, in general.
1: I was really brought up with, um, especially my mother, very, being vehemently against guns, anything at all. Um, even if it's in, like, a, a shooting range, she was like, don't don't go anywhere near a gun. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to find, like, um, I guess, like a reason to, to support like, semi-automatic weapons. I try really hard to, like, find it from, like, the hunting perspective. But even then, I I think of, like, how how does anyone use, like, a semi-automatic weapon to go hunting? I mean, like,
0: people who really go hunting don't even have, like, AR-15s. You know, they just kind of have rifles, and they kind of just have...
1: That's um, kind of what I was thinking, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, nobody really even uses an AR-15 for hunting. Not that I've met when I, you know, my whole family hunts. My best friend's dad hunts down in Africa, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I've never even seen him have one. There
3: is no reason. Yeah, I think, <laughs> right. all agree and it's hard to come up with any sort of uh, appropriate defense for that. And I mean, again, I, I grew talking about growing up. I grew up in a house no guns, and so it's. But you try to take a look at the issue from a from you know try to remove yourself from it and think about okay, why would someone want to have a gun in their house? And for the different reasons that that exists. and it seems like you can accomplish what you're trying to accomplish minus yeah. having those type of weapons yeah. available to
4: you. Mm-hmm my my family um comes from a military background so um we do have firearms in our in our my family's home mm-hmm. um but nothing semi-automatic just handguns um and i think it it's also a, a mentality like do i need a AR15 no <laughs> but um people i think would argue that they would want it just to have it or for quote unquote self defense. Yeah. Um so that that's my position. I, I think that I, I don't think it's necessary to have a semi automatic weapon for defense. Yeah. Um but, you know, it's people's choice we of what
1: also sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, we <laughs> also text. had another person text in um, they said people keep saying that they need assault weapons to defend against criminal criminals with uh, assault weapons but haven't heard of a situation where an assault weapon was actually needed in defense by anyone but law enforcement or military also anyone who says they quote need an assault weapon in case quote the government takes over has never served in the military, no military member would follow every, ever follow an unconstitutional order like that on such a massive scale is what they said.
0: Yeah, I mean I definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's it really is sometimes like a very hard thing to like see that perspective cuz I just genuinely could never find a time in my life where I would need a gun, you know.
0: I mean, that's the hopeful wishful thinking right. kind of scenario. I mean, you never yeah. know, but
4: um right. I I mean, I would I would say that um from my family's perspective, they um have firearms in their house, not semi automatic weapons, but just it's kind of like just a just in case scenario. Yeah. Um
0: I mean, you know, you kinda get rental insurance right. from a car from an airport just in case you wreck it. So it's just right. kind of like an insurance policy almost.
4: Right.
3: Well again, I hate to hate to go back to, to referencing the ENR, NRA, but the the big issue with something like this is that they've left no room for nuance. Yeah. And I think um, my hunch is that largely People that are who are gun owners and who are enthusiasts of this are very likely reasonable people who understand the kind of steps that would have to be taken to prevent these kind of mass shootings from happening. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the, the the most well-funded and the most most well-organized people in opposition of all of this, they, they're taking this slippery slope approach. There is no nuance here. It is the message of the government is going to take away all of your guns. And that's yeah. where, the, if you yeah. allow these steps to happen, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that is one of the huge things that interrupts any sort of logical conversation
0: about the topic. Absolutely.
3: Would Absolutely. Agree.
1: Yeah. I also think that we need to bring Roundtable to an end because we yes. only have about five minutes left of our show. It's um, a very
0: important topic, so I'm glad that we kind of Yeah, we took a lot of time.
1: Um, thank you again to those who texted in and gave your um, your your thoughts. Um, it definitely helped our conversation. I think. <laughs> um, thank you, Jim Rodenbush, for coming in and talking, um, as well as Seth Voting, our field reporter, because he's just here in general. Uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> genuinely am
4: here in general.
1: <laughs> I mean, you didn't know you were coming on today until about like an hour and a half ago. So. What? Well, uh, well, uh,
4: we have him on. I trainer. was here, so uh, <laughs> it worked yeah. out.
1: Um, anyway, we will be back in just a second with everyone's favorite segment, weather. Um, you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 at KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am Julia Badalese, one of two co-hosts. I'm in here with my co-host, Kate Peterson. Hello. I'm in here still with Jim Rodenbush. Hello. Do we, do we give you your title? Sure.
3: <laughs> what, is, what is my title?
0: Uh, honorary guest. <laughs> I don't know. The
3: advisor for the collegiate. Yeah, I did jump in a couple times, though, with both... Um, Danny and Mimi shows in the fall, and they gave mm. me a DJ name. Oh, what really? was that? Yeah, that was actually an, an entire segment on Danny's show, was deciding what my DJ name was. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I was D- there. DJ Jimothy. Yeah. I oh, that. that's yeah. right. I was there. Could for have been that. like
0: DJ Rohde. I don't know. Yeah.
3: That, actually, I believe that was a, an option. Contender. Well, okay. <laughs> Great minds think alike. We don't
1: go by DJ names here <laughs> yeah. <Jitten>. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't even have one.
1: <laughs> and we have Seth Bodine, our field reporter.
4: I'm here in general. Yeah.
1: In- <laughs> <laughs> That really, we had like senior quotes. That should be yours. (laughs) (laughs) Just here in general. Um, We have everyone's favorite segment coming up, weather, uh, because Gabe Peterson is also our meteorologist.
0: Yes, honorary.
1: Honorary. (laughs) Word Um, of the day. Yep. Do tell. What is it going to be like tomorrow?
0: Um, Tomorrow, it is actually going to be a way nicer day than today. It's going to be a high of 28, so it's not going to be as cold as today as it is negative. Or it is right now, sorry, it is 11 (laughs) degrees outside. So big shift in the weather tomorrow. Uh, High 28 little of 11 and then thursday it's looking like it's uh predicted to forecast um, cloudy all day precipitation at 30 percent so maybe be prepared for another snowstorm maybe we get a snow day as Seth was so adamant about today, but I, we all wish it was a snow day.
1: <laughs> I just don't. wanted
4: to go sledding.
1: Listen, I prepared a lot for this show today. I was like, I'm not canceling this show.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: We'd still be in
0: here. I will yeah. be
1: riding my bike into the station <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> and
0: to hear the rest of the weather forecast for this weekend, you have to come back on Thursday from four to five on the Rocky Mountain Review.
1: Exactly. Um, thank you so much to our reporters for um, for you know helping out with scripts. We had uh, Raven Color who couldn't make it on today. Uh, J D Layton Bjorn Larson. Um, we had Seth, I almost said Re- Seth Rutherford, Seth, Bo- Seth, Bo- <laughs> Seth Boding, our field reporter. Um, thank you so much, Jim, for coming on today. He just waved. That's not how radio works.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, thank you, Gabe Peterson and myself, Julia Battalise. Um, we will be back here on Thursday. We are here every Tuesday and Thursday for the Rocky Mountain Review to give your local national sports music it's a good even, time everything else in between um yeah tune back in then we will be seeing the seeing you then see I don't in know. 48 hours <laughs> i don't know what that 47 was about. <laughs> 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 all right well this is the rocky mountain review but you are listening to 90.5 kcsu fort collins